I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Episode 172, Yo B. Thanks for pressing play. With me tonight is John. Hi, John. Good evening, Brandon. How are you? I am doing well. We are hoping Stu and or Clarence shows up, but no guarantees or promises from either one of those two. So fuck it. Let's just move on without him. It is possible that either or both of them has been washed away with our latest monsoon. So if that's happened, we'd like to send our condolences to their families, to Mrs. Swamp Town and to Mrs. Stu. And we, we're so sorry for your loss and... If you wouldn't mind being on the podcast next week, we'd love to have you. Just carry on your husband's tradition. You know, the only silver lining to that is we are so good at making fun of people who then immediately die soon after we make fun of them <laughs> that this at at this point is old hat for us. Like we're very used to to that feeling. So I'm not gonna run some, down the names. Some late breaking some late breaking news. I think Stu might be here. Stu? Hey guys. Hey guys, uh, how's it going? Pretty good. Oh, Stu is here. We are one minute in, Stu, so you have not missed anything oh, besides oh. Uh, opening banter. We're still in the opening banter yep. section. We were just expressing condolences to your family after your untimely death in today's storm. But... Thought you were dead. Oh, no. Yeah. No, we didn't get hardly. It's just been a lot of rain up here. Okay. All right. No, well, let's... Fine. Thanks, now that though. we've got the weather update out of the way, I want to move on. It's yep. mid-August when we're recording this, and that means we are ready to talk pigskin i am so fucking amped for this season and let's start go vikings let's go (laughs) 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 the most interesting thing so far is that we've got a new stadium john you went to the new stadium hit me with that review brah yep i was there for the soccer match the Mm -hmm. ac milan versus chelsea match I i was doing the vikings horn mandy Oh, that's okay. His wife is concerned about him because he was yelling "Go Vikings" and doing the Vikings. The cows are in the yard. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, she was worried about me. Farm animals back in the yard. Yeah. All right. Um, (laughs) I was at the new stadium. I I sat in the upper deck, which is the three hundred level, and I think. If I recall correctly, one of the selling points of Target Field that everyone was excited about was that if you com- if you com- if you put sort of a cross section up, the farthest seat in the top row of the upper deck was closer to the plate than 
the closest row in the in the first row of the upper or something like that. It was some amazing thing. Like, wow, all of these seats are very close to the field. Yep. Intimate. The opposite is very true at U.S. Bank Stadium. I'm pretty sure I was in the fifth row of the upper deck. The upper deck sort of split. Like, there's if you're on the concourse, there's about 25 rows above you, mm-hmm. and then there's five rows sort of going down below you, almost as sort of the as sort of a 300 level and a 400 level. And I was in the I was in what would have been the fifth row of the the back row of the 300 level, that first row of the upper deck, and. I really think that I was probably farther away from the field than any seat in the Metrodome was. You were basically in like Brooklyn Center city limits. It felt very much like watching the game from a plane, like <sighs> a drone cam that was sort of hovering above the field because the stadium is so enormous and just so cavernous and the upper deck is so high above the field. It just feels miles away. Like, almost like you're watching the game on repeat or something like that. So that was my overarching reaction is you walk in and it's just an enormous, enormous stadium that the dome was sort of different in that it all sort of felt compact a little bit. It didn't feel that tall, but this is, and if you've seen, if you've seen the new stadium, just driving by it or something in Minneapolis, you can, you can sort of vouch that it's very tall. And I guess before I went, I, didn't realize that it wasn't just, oh, let's make the roof very high. Like you're putting a 19 foot ceilings in your living room in a house to make it feel more airy and spacious. There's seats going all the way up to the top of that thing. So, so before game one that's been played, we're already nostalgic for the Metrodome. Is that well, the, I was, too long? Didn't read? I was nostalgic for the Metrodome all the way along because it was in my estimation, fine for football. And it was also paid for and, it was completed early mm-hmm. and under budget and all sorts of good things. But okay. unfortunately... Now, now, now f- did they have everything open? Like everything uh, that would be open for a Vikings game? I, in terms of like club levels and stuff like that? All in like, um, you know, where they, you know, to like, for like, you know, the it's like supposed to be like a green building. So like they have to like use like all the dead birds and homeless people to fuel... <laughs> So they can get their LED certification. Yeah, their LED silver. They had that charnel pit of bones and suffering there. Or, it was or not? They they were going for the gold rating from the from the LED people, but they only got the silver because during the first half, about the thirtieth minute of the game, mm-hmm. two of the homeless people that were supposed to be used as human fuel mm-hmm. underneath the stadium escaped like through the field and ran off. And, and oh, like, oh, oh, you get marked down for that. You give them marked down for that final rating, so uh, they're gonna have to settle their block eye, man. Yeah, tough oh, break, well. tough break. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's just an enormous place. It's I, I think they have an, uh, a fair amount of decorating left to do. There are a lot of surfaces that I would imagine will be purple and Vikings decorated once the actual football season starts. That were sort of concretey, so it might not be the complete look at what the stadium is going to be like. So but their fathead shipment hasn't come in yet. Yeah, it's exactly. They haven't gotten those cool graphics that cost a billion dollars <laughs> that you can put whatever, put wherever. Must have sent so, it ground. Yeah. Well, we don't want to pay for extra shipping because <laughs> we can't voice this off on the taxpayers. So. We already lost a couple of d- dead people today. So listen, Ship Diggy's not going to spend more than a hundred bucks on this stadium. If it's the last thing he ever does. So, mm. But anyway, um, 
everything is very concrete. The seats are plastic and crappy, just like the Metrodome seats were. And all of the money has gone to either architectural features that have nothing to do with football or the incredibly luxurious club areas that you'll never go into in your entire life because you can't afford them. So, although I realize that with the personal seat licenses being introduced, that sort of refers to the whole stadium. So it's, if you're a regular run-of-the-mill guy, you're not going to notice much difference from the Metrodome, except that your seat is crappier and farther away from the field. Well, the glass ceiling is pretty cool, though, isn't it? The Well, it was nighttime, so it, it sort of made it a weird kind of half-light thing going on. Right. Like, okay. my the feeling that I got from being in there was this is a dystopian future in which the air outside is too polluted to breathe. But it's all okay because we're all here to watch Murder Ball tonight. Wow. Which, as my brother pointed out, is actually not that far off from the truth. So No, we're pretty, you know, pretty much there already. So that's yep, that actually isn't. Pitching yeah, a putt so from there. Go. Well, did you find yourself so um, watching the video screen since you were up so high? Or were you still able to pay attention to the action on the field? I used action in sarcastic air quotes in tribute to Clarence. In tribute to Clarence, I I was watching the field because I was interested in sort of the formations and stuff like that. But my wife mentioned a couple of times that she kept forgetting to watch the game on the field because she just started watching it on the screen, which is something that has happened to me at Gopher football games, too. Of mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm watching the screen when the action is right in front of me. And yet I keep being drawn in by the giant scoreboard on the end of the end of the field. So. Yeah, that was a bad reaction. My parents went to the game as well. And that was so my stepdad is a fancy big wig type. And he's like, I'm not going to sit in the I'm not paying money to sit way up there ever. And it's just not worth it for me because I was basically just watching TV. It was kind of fun to be there the first time. But uh, I'm if I'm going to spend the money, I'm going to go with the the fancy seats and really go all out. I'm not going to be in the in the upper deck. So but he's he's not meant for the. 300 level anyway like his i'm sure right. his like gold-plated shoes got dinged up and he was furious <laughs> so so he's not the he's not the focus group that they're really gonna uh care about the survey afterwards um anything over the household income of a certain amount i'm sure they would just throw it up and ball it in the garbage of like nope don't care what you think so <laughs> but that was his sort of point was kind of the same thing it was it was so far up there and so far away from the action that it was kind of hard to Hard to pay attention, yeah. but and then I so think it's they're kind of crappy, but what what are you gonna do? But their main uh, concern this is again my parents, so uh, grain of salt. But was that the the foot traffic in the concourse was was horrible? Um, yes, it was terrible. I saw that was that was the buzz of like social media at the time of the game. Is that it was just. You know, just an absolute shit show trying to get like a hot dog or a beer or a soda or something. Well, yeah. So the problem was. Here's that, the thing. Okay, you explain. You go. Go ahead, Brandon. Go ahead. Okay. Here, I, this is my secondhand information. Um, the problem was there are so many vendors there that there are lines everywhere. So if you remember the Metrodome back in the day, every once in a while there'd be a bottleneck because everybody was in line at like the the one or the two vendors that they had on a certain level. You know, they were stacked up 40 people deep, which meant there was just this tiny little area behind them to actually walk through. 
he said it was like that kind of everywhere because there are so many vendors. And his prediction was that there will not be as many um, during the season. They're going to have to either reposition them or because because my counter back to that was there's a lot of them in target field as well. But the lines snake sideways and not straight back. And that does a great job with foot traffic at target field. But he said there's so many they can't even do that because they would just be all of a sudden in line of a, in a, a whole different vendor or a, you know um, concession stand right. or whatever you want to call it. So it sounds like hopefully that's something that can be solved with moving vendors around. Maybe this is a very much a, a hope and a prayer, though. Yeah, one of one of the other things we ran into was that getting into the stadium was pretty much a nightmare, and it fell victim to the same problem that TCF Bank Stadium fell victim to. Now, I don't, you guys are not spent as much time at TCF Bank Stadium as I have, but when they built it, they were extremely proud. Like this was a thing that they mentioned many, many times because they were so proud of them themselves. They are. We have made improvements, guys. The concourse at TCF Bank Stadium is twice as wide as the Metrodome concourse. And they were very proud of it. And then you got in there and it became and it was it quickly became apparent that it wasn't any better because there were half as many concourses in TCF Bank Stadium. <laughs> right. And it was just like did you guys not did anyone not think of this? Like, all right, we it's great. The concourses are twice as wide, but they're just as crowded because there's the same number of people trying to get through. You idiots. And the same thing was apparent at U.S. Bank Stadium where they had every... As far as I know, there's two gates into the stadium. There might be like four. But I went through the main one on the west end, and they had a ton of ticket takers there. Whereas the Metrodome, you'd have like nine lines to get into the stadium, and it would take forever. Mm-hmm. And it was like, all right, you've got twenty five wait, you've got twenty five places to get into the stadium over here, but me- the Metrodome had eight gates, and this stadium has two or whatever, so it's still a nightmare getting into the stadium. And once you get in, everybody in the stadium is in this tiny little area trying to navigate left or right to get up to their section, and it just it took far far longer to get to the upper deck in U.S. Bank Stadium than it ever did in the metrodome it because seems, in the metrodome well, you got in and you were right near your right near your seat because there were four gates on each level mm-hmm. here it's like well i gotta go up 12 escalators nobody's pointing us to the escalators it takes forever and getting out was the same way you got to go down a little escalator which is fine except everybody else does too so getting out is like going through the door metrodome doors except you have to do it on three different levels to get out well isn't the thinking um of 500 million per door as far as yeah, that's stadium entry goes, general that's rule. The modern general rule of thumb. Every time yeah. you put in a door, it doubles the cost of the stadium. So yeah. what do you want so to do? Like, yeah, do you want them to spend two billion? You're already bitching about the price already, liberals. Yeah. If the if, if the metro had had two doors, it would have cost ten dollars. Yeah, it's just it's odd though because it seems like the most like if you're going to make a list of priorities of important things about the stadium, that would be way up there at the top, right? getting yeah. in in an orderly fashion and being able to get to your seat <laughs> like the the fancy foods and beers or whatever are nice but those are nice to have those are way lower on the list and it just it <laughs> sucks if this is Andrew Zimmer will come to your seat and make you like 
a goat cheese sandwich, <laughs> but it takes you three hours to get to your seat. It's, you're, you're not to your seat yet. He'll, he'll just leave it at your seat. Yeah. You'll hopefully he'll get up by half time. He'll just leave it for you. He'll bring a lot of anyway, aluminum if, foil. If there is a, I don't see how there would be with a concrete stadium, but if there is a stadium-consuming fire, 45,000 <laughs> people will die because they can't get out of the stadium. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Like the luxury suites have their own fire exits and stuff. Like the field level suites that I can't figure out why anyone would ever want to sit there, but they're there. So people must really want to buy them. I'm sure they have their own fire exits, so they'll get out fine. It's basically the Titanic of stadiums. Can you back it up a little <laughs> bit? What does a field level suite mean? Is, is that what I? Do you it, remember? It's exactly what it sounds like. Imagine that behind the sideline. There was a low wall, and then there was a suite right behind the sideline. Can you think of a worse place to watch the game from? No, because you're like basically in like a little bunker. Yes, you exactly. You're you're standing. You can't see a goddamn thing. I have actually got a. Uh, I've got a sweaty butt fetish, it. so that that's actually like right on for me. Oh, I'd be well, all over it. But I'm I'm one of like eleven people in the state that have that fetish. I know I'm on the forums. Yep. Anybody else? I can't imagine. Secretary of <laughs> assistant, but thank you, thank you. I SB wish. Minnesota, sweaty butts, Minnesota. I yeah. Uh, I suppose it's probably people who are not really that interested in the action and can would rather just be there and watch it on TV. But you're at least they're there on the you know the com- probably they're on the company dime. Somebody yeah, but which which company is buying this suite? Which Clearly, Brandon's the- stepdad is going to buy all yeah. of this. <laughs> he doesn't want to be so high. It's worth it. I don't understand which marketing department or promotional arm is signing off on this. Like, hey, what we want to do, we've been talking to the Vikings premium salespeople. And here's what we're thinking. We want to get one of these cool suites where you can't see the field and you have to stare at Andre Smith's giant butt the whole game. Maybe this is similar to, I went to a couple of NASCAR races many, many years ago, and one part of the a certain ticket level you could buy, you got go, to go into the pit, like pit row or whatever the hell that thing is called. Mm-hmm. And there was, of course, a bunch of blocked off areas. You weren't able to like go help them change a tire. Um, mm-hmm. But you were kind of able to be near the people that were working. And there was a little bit of a, you got a little bit of a kick out of that. So maybe there's something about with when you get the field level suites, you are able to walk on the field for a little bit and feel like you're part of it. Maybe, but that problem with I mean, maybe you get you get to run out and grab the tea after the kickoff. Ooh, I'd pay extra for that. Yeah. Huh. Well, let's hope. So, what is the next the next test where we can hear about people bitching? Is it a preseason game? I'm assuming there, there's not, nothing else planned there. Yeah. Before that, no, right? there, are the concerts? There's like a country. Yeah, isn't concert there a Metallica coming, concert or something? Yeah, like back to back. There's like a country concert and then a Metallica concert. And I think then the first home preseason game is like the last Friday of August. I think is the first friendly. First, first friendly. Oh God, I forgot to use friendly. The first friendly, yeah. Uh, we'll edit that out. In is post. Clarence actually is Clarence going to be here tonight? By the way, so we can keep using friendly around him just to get him aggravated, or is he? I have just sure checked out? the uh, the the official account, and he will not mm-hmm. be joining us this evening. Ah, pickles. He's on official business. Oh, official sport business? No, no, no. You know yeah. his actual oh. job. He's reporting. 
He's uh, oh. he's starting up a website called Galt Coins, and uh, so he's <laughs> been working on. Well, he's in the right district. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of get that reference, but don't quite. That that is the extent of my knowledge. Is that word Galt Coins? I don't even know if I'm saying it right. I just that's You're all saying I know. It right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's our political talk for the night. Do that one coins way. have anything to do with Pokemon Go or Bitcoin? Um, they ha- <laughs> like. Can you use gold coins in Pokemon no, because, Go? No, because I think some people are actually making money off of Pokemon Go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> is it like a Bitcoin though? I is yeah, it, it is. It's it's, uh, it's, a a, it's one of those su- uh, like pseudo currencies that's a complete fucking scam. So oh, cool, it's, cool, cool. cool. I, I gotta believe a gold coin is not accepted anywhere except possibly at some gun shops. <laughs> it's not even there, I don't think. Ayn Rand Museum, if there is one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Disaffected Youth Bookstore, maybe I don't know. Oh, uh, boy, yeah, no. I'm Clarence sure all these Ayn Rand jokes are really are really landing with people right now. Yep, we're alienating yep. all three of our libertarian yeah. listeners. Whoops. Clarence is absolutely furious. Sorry, right now. Clarence. That for sure. Sorry, Clarence. Yeah. Your points are valid. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. Okay. So, any other? So, John, are you are you dismayed by the the first experience? Are you planning on going back this year? Do you have tickets? What's your? Are, are, are I you unchanged? Go to one Vikings game a decade. So. I am probably not the person to ask here. Okay. How about Dave? Dave, I think, has gone to fewer Vikings games than I have. Oh, that's right. He is so, more cynical than you. I keep forgetting that. That's amazing. 20%? That's 20%. 20% there. Yeah, 20%. Yeah, I have not been to a Vikings game in... 50... Actually, I'm going to one this year. I'm going to game one, but that's in Nashville, so that doesn't count. I haven't been to a home game in... Ugh. Long time. Okay, so I'm 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 sure people like it because people like the Vikings, and that's where the Vikings play now. So I also hope that the allure of day games with the you know being based, feeling like you're sitting outside, will be pretty cool. That's a good feeling. Yeah, maybe in December, you know, it'll be just it'll just be be covered in snow, and never mind, it'll be like black inside. It'll be like the weird. It'll be like ice on the top, and there'll be sort of a weird prism thing going on. So it'll be blinding, and you'll be unable to look directly at it. That'll be fun. Games canceled. Oh my god! Greatest ever. If that happened. That would be pretty funny. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I think that concludes our stadium review. Yep. Sweet. But I want to keep talking about the Vikings. Any camp chatter really? from any one of you guys? What What's the chatter? What's the hubbub? What are the forums saying? How's LeBron treadmill looking? <laughs> the chatter is I can't stop. Refer- I can't not refer to him as LeBron treadmill now. <laughs> his actual name that ship has sailed. In I, the first I, time I that to say his regular name and LeBron treadmill comes out. Who gets credit for that? Was that a Clarence? Was that? I think that's a Clarence. He's usually the one who comes up with the names. Yeah, he's done. He's done the the lion's share. That's that's for certain. Okay, good. Well, we'll credit him if we ever see him again. Yep. Must credit Clarence. But there's actually no big, there's been no uh, out of the blue retirements this week, right? So that's um, a win. They had a, they had a practice friend later today, didn't they? Against Ooh. Cincinnati? Ooh. They were practice in Cincinnati. Friend. And uh, 
I know that uh, Venzel tweeted out the uh, starting offensive line. And who was, was on the starting offensive line? Um, Khalil. Boo! Bo- Boone. Yeah. Bercher. Fusco. And Andre Smith. What was the middle one? Hmm. Uh, Berger. Oh, Joe Berger. Berger, but I believe Berger. It's, a, it's a soft G. Yeah, Mitch Ugh. Berger. I yeah, Mitch choose Berger. to the not Snickers believe you. Center. Agree to disagree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, that's... And if you want preliminary Vikings um, speculation, uh, how Khalil and um, Boone do are probably the one-two as far as how the Vikings do this year, barring injuries elsewhere. I think that's a, probably a fair assessment because that's, you know, Bridgewater's blind side. And... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How, at this point in his career, mm-hmm. would you say you hate Matt Khalil more than you ever hated Todd Stucey? It's hard to say because Khalil seems like a decent guy off the field, whereas Stucey was involved in, like, roids and, yeah, like, other things. And so, and Khalil just, like, makes pizza for the children of Maple Grove, so... Remember that time he took a guy's hat off and threw it or whatever outside the stadium? That was so funny. That was so goddamn funny. <laughs> it was just so fourth grade bully. Such a futile gesture. Just... Yeah. Take that. Much like his blocking. Yikes. <laughs> uh, I didn't know Todd Stucey was uh, was kind of a fuck up. I, I was not, I was unaware. I, I that was that was when he was with Carolina. I think that's where that roid thing came up. But and I don't. I think there was some more to it. But I don't want to. Get uh, get us all sued. So, um, how bad was Stussy? Like, for how many years was he terrible? Was it forever? Was it like just an it ongoing? Felt like my, it felt like my entire childhood. Todd Stussy had two false start penalties every year. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Like he had exactly thirty two false start penalties mm-hmm. for every year between nineteen ninety two and two thousand four. That's what it felt like. Sport and they all they, they all were drive killing. There wasn't a single one that they were was all like, on third down and two. Third down and two <laughs> within the within the like the twenty yeah on the forty five yards. <laughs> we convert this for probably kicking a field goal. No, yeah, no, yeah, that's third and long. A fucking midfield. And Brad Johnson it was, it was uncanny. Take the snap on third and six, see one blitzer, and immediately dump the ball off to alignment. We didn't get it. So Khalil was a Pro Bowler in what, 2012, 2013? Yeah. Rookie year. But Stu was a Pro Bowler a couple of those years, too. Yeah, that's that's not right. But he was good. I mean, he's okay, though, right? That's my point. He he hasn't been bad for a full decade. He's absolutely fine. Yeah. And then he he got hurt. He was available to go to the Pro Bowl several times. He answered his phone. Yep. That's good. That's good. You know, there are worse things. He could be not answering his phone and also terrible at football. Yeah, I don't know what to think. I'm not sure it's like all hope is lost and you're just hoping he becomes slightly average. I don't know. I feel like it's a coin flip year in terms of expectations for him. I mean, it's, but it's such, I mean, that's, I mean, if he fails again, I mean, eventually, you know, Bridgewater's going to run out of luck. I mean, yeah. he was really good at evading pressure last year. I think Barnwell had a great column today. Yeah, I want to get to that know, in what, a second. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's just, that's, it's so critical. I mean, it's his blind side. I mean, it's the two guys, I mean, Boone struggled last year. I know um, former uh, sportive member Clarence Swamtown was very skeptical of Boone being able to contribute this year, and I don't blame him. I mean, it just... Neither one of those guys is coming off great years, and 
it's I mean it's they're really important spots in the, the modern NFL to like keep your quarterback upright. It would be and it's just it's I I'm I'm worried be, about Teddy. It would be a big change for Teddy to just once in his career drop back the pass and be able to look down the field at a receiver rather than having to look over his left shoulder to yep. see when he had to start yep. running. It's so crazy it's too like that he's been Red Allison or something. I. I don't have a sense of what odds I would put on either Khalil being... There's a certain percent that he could become a pro bowler again this year. And there's a certain percent that he could be out of the league after this year, right? There's a certain percentage at both of those things. (laughs) But I just don't really... It just seems like such a... I don't know what you want to call it, make or break year or whatever... Whatever you want to say, but I just feel like if he's bad again this year, that's for sure should we should be done with with him, no matter what. Agreed. Yeah. Okay, good camp chatter talk, guys. Love that camp chatter. Let's we're gonna keep that going for the next few weeks and then we'll do our official preview after that. Okay, so now I want to talk about that Bridgewater article. Uh John, did you read it? I did read it. And Stu, you also Mostly read it. I was- Mostly I was looking, oh, I was gone. waiting for the, uh, Stu's gone. Yep, Stu's uh, gone. <laughs> Left his mic on. <laughs> if I, <laughs> Stu, <laughs> I wouldn't think you'd have to mow your lawn at 10 o'clock at yeah, night. Yeah, that's a day. weird choice. It's so dark. What, what do you want, I guess? Yeah. Um, and I, I read the Teddy article and I guess I was more or less flipping forward to see, all right, when is he going to say that Teddy's awesome? <laughs> and he never he never really got to that part so i guess we'll have to declare him an enemy of the podcast but yeah you know the one thing that i've been kind of holding on to with teddy well besides the fact that he's been pressured a lot um so it's you know it's not totally fair to to compare him to the quarterbacks but qbr which is kind of known as in some of the nerd circles as the most accurate of the of the sort of well known statistics obviously much more respected than quarterback rating for a million different reasons um and last year teddy's qbr was i think 13th so i was like this is a good example of we played tough defenses or he was pressured a lot or if this qbr also takes into account um situations you know being better on third down uh, not having backbreaking turnovers. It takes into account defensive pass interference or whatever. There's a bunch of different factors that go into it. So I was like, this is really great for him to have not a great offensive line. I think, you know, everybody would agree with that for him to be 13th in the league is great. So, uh, Barnwell, of course, being smarter than me knew that that was not totally fair because QBR is like, a it's an efficiency sort of statistic. So it's not, you know, if you, if you threw six passes last year and went five for six with a touchdown, you would, you would win the title for QBR. You know, it's, <laughs> it doesn't count. Yeah, all you're the, the best quarterback ever. It doesn't count volume. Exactly. Cause initially it seemed a little bit funky to me and I don't want to be one of those guys who says, well, if I don't agree with the conclusion, then that's just stupid. Right. Cause that's a really brilliant way to never learn anything new, but like, Tyrod Taylor had a better QBR than Tom Brady last year. So that's just one example, but there are one or two of those every year. So I was like, God, do I really want to hang my hat on QBR? So once Bill, once Bill, like I know him, 
once old Will Barnwall, my buddy. Good old Bill. Yeah, once Billy uh, explained that, that made more sense to me because Tyrod Taylor didn't throw a ton of passes. Um, and Barnwall is a fan of football outsiders. Obviously, he, he quotes them all the time. So I looked up where they had Teddy uh, last year, and they take into account QBR, but they also take into account the volume of of yards, you know, um, passes, etc. And they have him at 21st, which is lower than 13th, and it makes me sad. Well, I had been purposely ignoring this statistic until I read Barnwell's article, so I'm with you. I was kept waiting for the, okay, we'll get to the point where he's as awesome as we think he is and can be and should be and and uh, etc. And it didn't, I mean, he was not totally ripping on him like a lot of people do. But it was a little bit of cold water, I thought. I I get the sense that the thing that everyone sort of hangs their hat on in their criticism of Teddy is that he has not thrown the ball deep very well, which is true. Yep. And yeah, it's an absolutely fair criticism. It is yeah. entirely on Teddy. Will that improve? I don't know. We'll see, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, I mean, you could you could look at a lot of baseball players and say, well, they haven't hit very many home runs yet. Sometimes that's just coming, and that's a part of their game that's going to happen. Like, Ryan Dozier suddenly started hitting home runs. Trevor Plouffe went from not hitting any home runs to hitting home runs because mm-hmm. they just got older. Yep. So maybe it'll come as part of Teddy's game, or maybe he's the... P.D. Florimon of quarterbacks, and he'll just never be able to throw the deep ball very well, which Yikes. is going to hurt him a lot. So we don't really know that. But in terms of the rest of it, you still, I still sort of feel like the Vikings passing offense is rated 21st. And that's with a terrible line mm-hmm. and bad receivers and Norv Turner. And a run-first run scheme, too. You got to yes. remember that. That's, that's Adrian Peterson's offense still. That was a point so that I, he made I, really clear in that article was that we are we are so much more run heavy than every other team in the league, and you can't just look at like number of rushes. You have to look more at game situation, yeah. which I had never really it, thought that deeply about it. And he's like, "Oh my god, they're we're heads and shoulders um, above everybody else in terms of volume of running." So that it's the true. That was the stat that he cited was in in games that are closer than two touchdowns, which means it's not really being affected by the game situation. On first and ten, we ran the ball ex- almost exactly two thirds of the time, Unbelievable. which is far and above more than anyone else does. And Second place was fifty-one percent, right? I mean, it was fifteen percent higher. That is some nineteen seventy-two stuff, right there. Yeah, seriously, Chuck Chuck Noll started beating off in his grave when he saw that number. <laughs> I mean, he just was like abusing himself. Bill Brown and Hugh McElhinney he probably ran the ball. <laughs> oh my God. Two-thirds of the time on first and ten in those situations. Yeah. I mean, that's just... It's it's almost amazing that in 2016, a team that hasn't given up and started running, like, the wishbone is still running... E- even Air Force probably doesn't run the ball 66% of the time on first and ten. <laughs> Bronco Mendenhall's like, yeah, I don't know, guys. I don't know about this. Paul Johnson down at Georgia Tech's like, guys, you gotta, you gotta mix <laughs> it up. A bit much. That's a bit much. Just go ahead and go ahead and air the ball out a little bit. I mean, we we really wanna, we really wanna do something else here. So yeah, I think that's it, perfect. I think that's a totally fair criticism because it is a whole. One thing that initially bummed me out was his section about um, the counter argument that the only reason Teddy's not good at throwing it deep is because he's scrambling too much. 
He said he's actually worse when he has a lot of protection throwing deep. Yeah. But again, I mean, what are we talking about? Like 20 passes at this point? Yeah. Exactly. I didn't I mean, throw deep hardly at all anyway. And now if we're slicing it again from protected and not protected, uh, just, I don't know. I'm still... I'm still holding out hope. I'm not going to take that as definitive. Yeah, I'm definitely not. Not I'm not off the Teddy train. Oh See, no! The, the amazing thing no is, God if you think way. about it, you can almost think of every Teddy deep throw last year. Mm-hmm. Oh right? yeah, like, he, he, like they were so close, but he just wasn't able to. You know, they they never connected. If you mention it, you're like, oh yeah, I remember all I remember seven of those. Yeah, but yeah, when, when McKinnon got loose in the Green Bay game and he oh. missed it by two yards, ah, oh, that stung. Fucking Barnwell put a screenshot him. in. That was that was cruel. I had mean. forgotten about it until he showed it. Then, I, then like, I remember that they kicked, they won, then they won the division in that game. So it was pretty fun, actually. To That's true. That. That's so, true. Good point. That was pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. So it was, uh, I would say, it. I'm wondering if it changed your outlook on Teddy even one iota. It may be uh, at least a little, I don't know, it was more of a, little cold water in the face when he said like you know high end you know a myth i mean that's that's a rough comparison that that hurts but also the fact that his his floor isn't as you know low as say a christian ponders is that you know and given the fact that it's still peterson's offense and he apparently is still not gonna completely fall off god knows when but he mean he will but Mm -hmm. we thought he was gonna like in the first part of last year and then by the second half of the year he was back to his old self and it's, I mean, Zimmer's defense is apparently going to be like, you know, top whatever, one or two in the league. They could maybe, you know, Alex Smith might be enough. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, hate to sound, I hate to sound optimistic because that's not the sportive way. But <laughs> if he's Alex Smith and the defense is as good as we think it's going to be and Peterson doesn't fall off, that's 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 fine. I think That's there's also, fine. we need to think about two new offensive linemen and LeBron Treadmill and an older Steve yeah. Diggs. These are all good factors, too. Like, the the yeah. factors compared to last year, I can't think of one necessarily, although I'm probably going to be wrong about this. There's no signs pointing down from last year, offensively speaking. No, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm relatively optimistic. Even with, you know, the offensive line, I'm relatively optimistic still. I guess you could. The only thing you could say is Peterson's a year older, right? That's mistake, right, John? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Stu, we're at the point of the season where I'm like, you know, I think they could probably be the first NFL team in history to win 17 regular season games. Oh God, that's where you're at. Their first official friendly. I mean, that's not until Friday. So, Mm -hmm. and we've we've managed to kill 45 minutes of show, and they haven't even had their first friendly. That, that has something to do with the fact that the twins, you know, are the twins again this year. But still, yeah, yeah. Any other Vikings? Topics? Nothing here. Nothing. We're good. All right, uh, John. Moving on to the Minnesota Twins. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Can you explain to me why Byron Buxton is unable to hit in the major leagues and he tears the cover off the ball in every other league that he's ever played in his the entirety of his life? I can't, I'm hoping that you can explain this to me. You're the baseball guy. You're You're in the middle of it. Every day, you're figuring out how to get guys out. That's, yep. I mean, you have a real job, I know, but most of your most of your time and mental energy is think is spent thinking about how do I get guys out. So I'm asking you, as a pitching savant, why is it so easy to get Byron Buxton out? Well, I don't know. I you know I I have to admit I haven't watched a ton of Twins this year as a cord cutter. It's a, it takes me some more effort to to watch them. So I haven't been able to see a ton besides every every clip I see of him, he's uh, nine feet away from us outside slider. <laughs> and that's he's... not great. Um, but he also just seems to be completely lost up there because they'll also... I haven't seen guys take a, a fastball right down the middle for strike three and just immediately drop their bat and hang their head and walk back to the dugout like, oh, shit, I should, I totally forgot this guy has a fastball sometimes that he throws down the middle. So he just seems oh. completely lost that I've seen um, and and just out of his element, way playing way. He shouldn't be there. So that's, ugh, sucks, man. I, but sucks. I haven't seen a ton. I just anybody... want him to be good. I just want him to be good. Has anybody tried writing a column ripping him for not coming to the stadium early enough? Ooh, I just think I, I'm 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 just glad that I mean that finally the Twins coaching staff gets a chance to fix him. Yeah, that'll do. That'll well, you want do. you want the crack minor league? Stadium. He's going to show up there and like why why the Vikings send the free safety? He should be a Mankato. And they go, oh no, that's Byron Buxton. <laughs> Yeah, and after it's, that, it's all going to be cream cheese. It's going to be super easy. There has to be somebody in that front office with, and obviously not in a position of power, but I'm sure there's somebody in that front office that has a modicum of, of self-awareness and understanding that's like, Byron, you got to figure this out on your own, man. We are not going to be able to help you, buddy. We're not helping a whole lot of other people at all. So we are just uh, We got nothing. Kind of on you, pal. Wasn't wasn't someone saying, well, what we really want to do is we want to get him back to AAA where he can work with hitting instructor Chad Allen? No. Somebody referenced Challen? I got to tell you, if Chad Allen is our savior, we're in. Yeah. If Chad Allen fixes Byron Buxton, he should be the manager next year. That's, right. <laughs> that's, absolutely, I, fair. I, I am, that's absolutely fair. Governor. Governor and and manager, he both whatever he wants to do. He can do both jobs if he wants to. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, it's just it's it's really deflating because he obviously is still very young, um, and guys have turned it around a million times in the past. But he has had a, a decent crack at 
major league pitching where you wanted to see uh, some level of competence and he's just been you know besides a couple of games here and there maybe a hot week or two at most it, he has just looked completely lost and i feel like i've already gotten my hopes up like with every time i see him get even just a single i'm like all right here we go here we go he's turning it around he's turning it around yeah it, it's, it's becoming hard one not of those to look at him and see aaron hicks it's just hard mm-hmm. it's hard not to Hard not to think, boy, this feels very familiar. It's just so recent and their same position. Yeah. Yep. That's maybe it's well I'm gonna blame Aaron Hicks for this, man. I'm blaming him. I think Aaron Hicks cursed the position on his way out. I'm not blaming Aaron Hicks for Byron's struggles. I'm blaming him for me being sad. Because I think <laughs> that's with, fair. If without Aaron Hicks, maybe I'd be like He's young. He'll fucking figure it out. They always do. They always figure it out, these guys. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, well, I mean, Aaron didn't really. He went one for 180 with the Yankees this year. So it's a very recent example. So screw you, Aaron Hicks, once again. I don't know, man. Has he... I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to talk about this anymore. I just, I just, I love him and I miss him and I want him back soon. Mm-hmm. He'll be back August for or uh, September one. So okay, yep, that'll be fine. So, so three weeks, three short weeks. Just count down the days. Beyond that, our other savior, uh, Miguel Sano. I have been completely baffled at some of these conversations about Miguel Sano, and I've been in and out. So you guys need to to catch me up. He was. At, going to be sent down to the minors because he was bad for like a week. Is that? Yep. But he didn't get sent down. So what would, what was the, no, just rumors or here's what happened. Uh, he's, um, no, it's not. Yeah. I mean, it it sounded like, I mean, Molitor even brought it up. Then he said it got blown out of proportion after he like tore Tampa Bay, a new asshole this weekend. But, uh, um, it, today was his 162nd game in the majors. I think it's still like in a rain delay. I don't know, Wade. Yeah, if you're listening to this um, live, it, Wade. What it was this? What was going on at 10:03 p.m. last night? What was the score? Please. I can verify because <laughs> I can verify because I actually have Fox Sportsnet up, waiting, yeah. waiting for the game to come back on. Right now, it's a guy that looks like John Elway with slick back hair and Natalie Golbus talking about golf and I, I don't I don't have any idea what's going on they're on the they're on a golf course somewhere and I guess it's not a it's not a golf meet it seems to be a show about golf courses but okay. it's not the twins okay well um even if tonight's game doesn't count and he plays tomorrow and does nothing it'll be 162 games he has hit 37 home runs in 162 games and they were thinking about sending him down. Yeah, that's why it's run. so unbelievably confusing to me that this was even a... Should I repeat 37 home runs again? 37 home runs. That's a, I, lot, of home, that's a lot of home runs. I have baseball reference pulled up. Uh, 106, yeah, this is 162nd. 100 RBIs. Do you want to yeah. know how many strikeouts so far? I, I, would, I would bet no. like 200. 200 I actually don't want to know. 240. 
That is so many true outcomes, I don't even know. Yeah. That might be two true outcomes, Brandon. So, 680... Yeah, like 112 walks. 680 plate appearances. Yeah, amount of walks. 240 strikeouts, 96 walks, 37 home runs. So, 240, oh, 340. I can, I can absolutely... I can, I can live to... I, Oh, Why would sure. you send him down? It's just—I mean, it, he's played bad defense. I mean, no one's going to say he was—he's played good defense, but that's somewhat mitigated by the fact that he was put in the wrong position by the team. They put him in a position to fail completely, which he did. They put him in his old position on the fly, and so well, just pick it up on the fly. Then he failed at that. I mean, he didn't fail completely because he's had some nice plays at third, but yeah. I, in conclusion, Miguel Sano is awesome. Fuck the haters. Yeah, I just wonder. It's if... insane that even, anyone would even consider sending him down. He has anyone to be. The topic and the Twins front office should be fired. He has to be like Molitor fired. I got him. I must be missing Clarence. I'm totally inhabiting him right now. I want everyone fired. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's clearly not for. It can't be for performance purposes because you're right. He's very, very good at hitting. So he must just be like the laziest motherfucker on the planet or a total dick to the coaches or something for them to either. Cause I have to imagine they know as managers, like I want to keep my job. I need this guy to be awesome. So I have a good record. So I get to keep my job. I love getting a paycheck. So they're just desperate for him to be really good. Right. So for them to, I, I would imagine and again, I, I hate to give anybody in the Twins organization credit. That's the last thing I want to do is to give them credit. But they're not completely brain dead. I have to imagine they have been working with him for a long time to 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 do whatever he needs to do to stay in shape, to work on you know scouting reports, whatever. And for them to finally, I imagine after a long time of that, go to the press and say like, yeah, we're thinking about might have to make a move at some point. Whatever that sort of cryptic message it was, um, I am hoping that that was after many months of trying to work with him and just trying to light a fire under him at some point. But again, like, what is Sano like tuning into K fan and going like, oh shit, what are they saying? What are they talking about? You know, like, does he give a shit at all when they when they do this? So I, that's the confusing part to me is like, what do you think you're trying to solve by like airing dirty laundry? It would make sense in some cases, but Snow, I just, he's a 22 year old kid who is not from Minnesota, you know? So I, I don't know. It's just a very odd yeah. scenario to me. Like what was the outcome you're hoping for when you dropped these? Cause it was like cryptic sort of hints, right? It wasn't like a, we were very close to setting this kid down or was it that overt? Yeah, it was, it was more like the, insiders say kind of columns yeah exactly right so i don't know i don't i just i'm not exactly sure what going and i don't have anything wrong with the with the manager like going and just being honest with the you know with lavelle or whoever that that's fine but they didn't do it so why would they say they were going i don't know it just the whole thing was just just seemed to be like sort of mismanaging whatever player relationship. Well, if there's anything I trust the Twins to do is to not fuck a Latino guy who has an amazing power numbers. They never do that. They <laughs> right. never screw that situation up. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a that's that's a list. There's a there's a 
I still there's, there's one really there's one really good example I can think of right off the top of my head, but you know what what do you do? The one thing that that uh, always bothered me was when Carlos Silva threw a complete game shutout, and the last out was when he was covering first base on like a three one put out, and he was so excited he turned around and like threw the ball in the stands. And then Guardy like just went ape shit and yelled at him and told him to calm down, or whatever. It's like it's a complete game shutout. The game is over. He threw the baseball to a fan. Please let's just well, take a step back and explain to me. It's, seriously. To be, to be fair, he threw the ball into the upper deck. He didn't just like toss it to a fan in the stands. He turned around and whipped it into the upper deck. Sure. No, he could throw it out of the fucking I, I, stadium I, for all I care. I, I, the I game was over. It was a complete game shutout. Like dicks out for Harambe. I mean, I would have been fine with that. Yeah, I mean, do whatever you want. I just it's it's just one of those things where like it it's so, a that, it's a different culture trend, or whatever. I, mean, that, I just if, if if there was any uh, I, that twins way bullshit is just I mean it's been proven to be just fraudulent. Yeah, the twins way is losing ninety three games. Yeah, that's the twins way. But quietly. So we quietly yeah, lose exactly them. with honor. Yeah. So let's yeah, let's <laughs> please let's dispense with the fiction that the twins know what they're doing. So Yeah. I, just, I think the I, I suppose it's a it's unfair for me to make that comparison because Silva was more the thing that bothers me the most is when we try to like get young kids to like calm down and not show enthusiasm for the game. That to me and and Bryce Harper's gotten a little bit of it too and but you know, for the most part, it's um, it's been a lot of young uh, Latino guys. That to me is just like just let them fucking celebrate and have fun. Just shut up. So no, I don't think is in that same category, right? Isn't this mostly a conditioning effort sort of play that they're trying to to again? I, I'm not saying we're buying it, but that's what they're selling, right? Is which that... which again, which again though, exacerbated by bad decision making by the twins, not by him. Right. They put him in the right field. Then they put him at third base after he hadn't been there for half a season. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's on them. That's I mean, I'll you know, there's definitely stuff that is on Sano, be it be it conditioning or like attention. But I mean, shit, the bad guys. This is this ain't this. If you're if you're laying the balance of the blame on Miguel Sano for whatever problems you have with 37 home runs in a season's worth of games. I mean, well, I mean, what do you want? Yeah, Craig Cusick has... isn't walking back in that door. I mean, <laughs> it's 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 just not happening. It's I'm sorry. So many oh, other it's... concerns with the team. Let's the the guy who was born to be a 40 home run DH. Like, just let yeah. him do that. Let him do that. He's actually Jesus. been remarkably consistent too. It's not like he's overly streaky by any means like he you set your watch by him it seems like for the next however many years 35 to 40 home runs Mm -hmm. apparently like 200 strikeouts a year uh but a lot of walks and and overall a very valuable player what's what's the strikeout record now mark reynolds struck out about 230 times in a year didn't he uh i think it was even more than that um you guys want to uh Strikeout record. We can let, nope, that's nope. Let's say it was two hundred and thirty-two, and we'll say Mark Reynolds is in charge of it. Yeah, it's All Wade's right. birthday weekend. We he can he can he can yep. check that one. Wade can look that up for us. It's two twenty-three. Sorry, John, two twenty-three. Wow. Can Sano strike out three hundred times in a season? <laughs> that's the real question. <laughs> 
I well, think he's got it ugh. in him. I, I think he can strike out twice in every game. Yeah, I think this uh with the way baseball is going, this record's going to not hold up very long cuz Chris Bryant had 200 last year. Chris Davis had 208 like, last year. Yeah. yeah, 80% of the year. Ian Desmond had 190 last year. So there's there's some competitors for for Sano to get there. But you know what? I have faith. I think he can do it. That's the only other thing that we have that's interesting right now is Sunel potentially setting a strikeout record because overall the Twins have had a little bit of a run, but still despair. Overall despair. Yeah, it was it was one of those things where you wanted for so long we were like, well, it's still early. It's still early, and they lost their first nine games of the season. So I I realized that that's a little bit. We we all knew it was bad to start with, but they've been fine since they were twenty and forty eight or mm-hmm. eighteen and forty or whatever whatever number you want to pick out of the hat out of the first seventy games of the season. Yeah. They were terrible for that entire time. Since then, they've been fine, even decent. But I don't I don't necessarily know if that gives you more hope or less hope for next year. Just well, to know that they have all the same pieces in place. It's it's. It to me is a story of you see what you want to see, right. because if you were a pessimist last year, you had a very easy story of well, hey, they only they actually were under five hundred, well under five hundred except that one month, right? In May they were like twenty and six, and then they were a four hundred, yeah, just crazy four hundred team after that. So if you were a pessimist, you could be like, well, I mean, it was just they got hot for a little bit. But if you're an optimist, you could say, who gives a shit? Those all count. Those games count, and they won 83 games. This is fantastic. So it's the same thing this year, too. I mean, if you want to say, well, you can't start 16 and 42 or whatever the hell it was. I mean, that's a third of the season. Um, That's it. That's game over. I don't care what else happens the rest of the year. But you can also look at the flip side and say, all right, well, they got cold for a little while, but they turned it around. The guys who are performing now are a lot of young guys that will be around for a while. If you want to see, I think you can see whatever you want this year, depending on on how much of an optimist you are. John, this is a good question for you because you are, as we all know, the world's biggest optimist and biggest pessimist combined into one brain. Yep. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about That's true. where it's... I mean, let's just p- pretend it plays out and they, they win the same percentage of games they're at right now, so they end up going like, what are they probably on pace for right now? Like... 70 and 92 or something like that or yeah so, 68 yeah, and maybe 90, 72 and 90 or something like that somewhere in that vicinity what where, how where do you square square where these guys are at well you look at it you look at who they have for next year and who's under under contract their pitching is not necessarily getting any better is it they no. need Barrios to be a number two starter. Yeah, that's really yeah. what it comes down to. They and absolutely possibly also that. a number one starter at the same time. and at the same time. Yeah, but I mean, and he ends to up stay like healthy or God, God, God forbid, if less can, worse than a three. Oh God, that's that's super bad. So, if if you want them to be as good as they've been over the past two weeks, you have to say, well, the Twins, unlike every other team in the history of baseball, is going to have to average eight and a half runs a game Mm -hmm. to win 90 games. And they're just not going to do that. Yeah. So 
no matter what, the pitching's still terrible. Yes. So I don't I don't know how you can be more optimistic just because they've been on a hot run at the plate. I don't know either. I don't know. They're I don't know either. They're entirely screwed and as long as the same twins brain trust that's been in charge since nineteen eighty four is still in charge, they're going to be screwed. You know who I'm jealous of right now is the Yankees. Like I wish I was a Yankees fan. Did you see so they signed all these relievers, Andrew Miller, Chapman, and uh, I think it was just those two guys for the main I'm probably missing somebody. But they traded both those guys and got like they all of a sudden I was reading an article, they were like at the start of the year like twentieth best farm system and now they have the second best farm system. They made all these trades at the deadline with guys that they had um, signed as free agents. That's just a really smart way if you need to to build up your um, build up your farm system. You spend some money at the start of the year and then flip them later if they perform. Uh, just brilliant. And now all of a sudden they're going to be good again. And we just have to keep watching teams like that and Houston and the Cubs turn things around. Like they started after us and are now going to be better before us. And I'm just so I'm, I'm filled with rage, question, Brandon. I hear what you're saying, but what if the guys pitched well, and therefore I want to sign them to a very long term contract? <laughs> like they, <laughs> I like they Miller. probably already have two more years to go on their contract. But for me, that's not enough. Mm-mm. I have seen them pitch for more. four months, and I want them here forever. More, more, I more. want them. I I want them to move into my basement and just live with our team because there's never... Here's the thing about free agents. They only come up every four years. That's the tough thing with free agents. So when you get a good one, you kind of have to lock him up for the rest of his natural life. I don't see a reason we shouldn't sign them to lifetime contracts, just in case. Yeah. You don't want to let Josh Willingham get away. You got to re-up that guy. Exactly. And... You, you can't if he had a good season and the important thing is that you don't trade them because they they really deserve it it's uh, i have nothing this is why i'm not optimistic no you're right but uh it's just another example and i keep forgetting the the brilliant thing about uh, being in a baseball front office is there's a million ways to find success and a million ways to do it. And you just have to kind of uncover every rock. And the the Yankees like signing high powered relievers and then flipping them at the deadline for some stud prospects. We haven't really seen that way to go about you know a whole lot. At least most teams will do it. Like the Twins did it with Aguilera, right? They'll do it with one guy. They don't typically have two or three guys that they can turn over like that. So it's, it's just, I suppose sort of a rare confluence, but they did it and uh, they pulled the trigger. They were like three games under 500. There's no way in hell the twins would have done the same thing in that scenario. Um, And I just feel nothing but absolutely that. Yeah. Nope. Uh, Jealous rage is what I feel. And Will Leach actually wrote a really good column about the uh, them turning it around. I think it was in New York Magazine or something, whatever, one of the um, publications he writes for. And he said what was surprising is that the fans were totally fine with it. 
And, you know, in years past, if the Yankees gave up, they would be, you know, mayhem, right? Be like riots in the streets. But now fans are all just so smart in general and so invested in baseball. Like if you're into baseball, you're into baseball, right? People who watch baseball all the time that are diehards know know the ins and outs and know how know they know how it works and and surprisingly they were all totally fine. People because who aren't home. Jim Polad is what you're saying. People who aren't Jim Polad. <laughs> right. People who actually watch the sport of baseball. So yeah, he's I've, he's pulled I out. I find he, that when you're into baseball you read a lot of media guides. <laughs> yeah, he's he's looked at a few. Yeah. Um but anyway I just I'm just I'm just jealous and sad. That's all I that's all I have to say about that. But go twins. I am just jealous and sad. Should be the title of the twins highlight video. Yeah, I wish Clarence would come back so we could ask him what year he's uh, he's pe- he's shooting for now that he's had to give up the. Maybe he's not giving up the dream. Who knows? Maybe not. I mean, we don't know the whole legal process how it's worked out for him. Yeah, very true. Um, okay, are we done with the twins talk? Please I think so. Okay. Real quick, uh, let's go lightning round for the for the rest of it. Can are are either of you or or one of you watching the Olympics? Can you give me a breakdown? Um, let's see. Yeah, because uh, with a dancer in the house, the gymnastics is kind of you know an adjunct dance competition. Yep. So I can confirm that Simone Biles is amazing as fuck, and if you don't like her, you're just an idiot, um, and terrible. And if you got mad at Gabby Douglas for not having her hand over her heart during the medal ceremony last night. You are actually um, a monster as a human being. So um, I am amazed at the amount of um, the amount of judging other athletes that goes into that goes into the Olympics. And so I'm just talking about like uh, friends and coworkers, wherever they were talking about the Olympics. They talk a lot about sportsmanship and like. You don't hear that in other sports, and the people who are into the Olympics, the people that I know at least, are not huge diehard sports fans. They love the tradition of the Olympics and the whatever, and they have just been very much like, they seem to be talking a lot of trash this year. Um, And I'm not judging either way. I mean, care about sports the way you want to care about sports, but uh, it seems to be very much ingrained in like the Olympics tradition or something is that right or fair at all or have you guys not experienced people being extra judgy at at uh the olympic athletes compared to whatever mba or something i guess i don't know Mm -hmm. i uh um you mean the olympics where every year one-tenth of the people who compete in them get banned for taking illegal drugs? Yeah. That's kind of sportsmanship? Yeah. Or, like, everyone in the U.S. is getting on the high horse about beating that one Russian swimmer, but, yeah. like, the entire U.S. track team is glows in the dark when they sleep. All so. has been... Not, <laughs> not mean, just rumored drug users. All no, people who have been banned have failed Festival years are just like, you know what? We're back. Yeah, everyone's going crazy about Lily King beating that one Russian swimmer. And then, like, when the track starts next week, um, hey guys, uh, you know, you know that high horse you were on just uh, last week? Uh, yeah, anyway, about that. Um, all beyond that, I know that the water is turning weird colors, which mm-hmm. is just, you know, great. Pretty expected. That's pretty expected. And the Aussies almost beat the U.S. Uh, men's team 
tonight, and I got yelled at on Twitter for making a Coach K joke about that. So that was that was fun for me. Who so yelled you at you? His followers. wife. There. I I don't know. <laughs> I Coach K is married to his work and making the U.S. better and the Duke basketball program better and our young men better. Brandon, you know that as much as far well as I do. I just did not so, know that there was anybody, any human being besides his wife that would actually defend him. So. Who knew? So, no, I just made a joke about, you know, uh, um, uh, another worldly talented team coached by Coach K was um, performing poorly on a big stage again. That that never happened. Something, <laughs> you know, really just an absolute Royce-esque cheap shot. And of course, somebody's like, oh, that's I got. Well, actually, like on three tweets, but ouch, you know, which is only going to make me do it again and again and again, because you they know, should know. Yeah, I'm a bad person who reacts that way to. Even the even even the mildest of criticism, so. The, but the, At least you know it. The one thing, the one thing I have watched with the Olympics is the rugby sevens because I I like watching rugby sevens. I've heard rugby sevens and handball are like the two underrated sports so yeah. far. The U.S. in. At least traditional when I watch it, it seems like they do fine when I don't watch them, and then when I watch the USA rugby sevens team play, they always lose in the most mistake-prone, painful way possible, which is what happened today. And I had – it was in the middle of the day, so I went and got some lunch and sat down in the conference room and had pretty good plans to just scream at Rugby Union for or Rugby Sevens for 20 minutes. And then a couple of my coworkers saw me in there, and so they came in there. So I'm trying to carry on a conversation while the whole time I want to scream at the Vikings of Rugby Sevens, which is the USA team. And – so that was tough on me, and I think you should feel bad for me. They took that from you. That's your joy. That's you. your bliss. Yep, my joy is <laughs> my joy is just getting incredibly worked up about <laughs> the USA not losing by little enough to make the quarterfinals at the Olympic Rugby Sevens. Stolen from you, those jerks. All right, all right. That's, that's, that's my Olympic experience. I haven't seen yep. anything. Else. I, I turned it on briefly tonight, didn't. There were a million swimming races, so that's what gets the ratings. I get I swimming they, and gymnastics. That's they, that's the two. They have like four by one hundred relays, then four by two hundred relays, probably four by four hundred relays. Then there's the relays where everybody swims a different stroke, and then there's the ones where everybody on the team goes in alphabetical order. And I, I just, it's no wonder Michael Phelps has forty five gold medals. He, Swims in twenty seven races every the the fact that swimming gets ratings is very odd to me. I totally understand. It gets gymnastics. ratings because the Americans are really good at it. Oh, okay. We that like to sense. watch our team win. Sure. That's, that's, makes that's, sense. that's just gymnastics makes perfect sense though. That is an incredible display yeah. of athleticism. It's un- like it, is, it, it so looks like it's fake. It's really, really fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I may be wrong, but I, I mean, I, that may just be, be, you know, my oldest daughter was a gymnast and Piper's a dancer. And it's so I'm like, you know, Stockholm syndrome into it a little bit probably, but I, I enjoy the hell out of it. So. Well, and it's also uh, like, personal... go ahead, John. Oh, I was just going to say on a personal level, the Olympic women's gymnastics is the first time in the whole time I've been married that my wife had friends over to watch sports and yell at the TV. So that was kind of fun. Yeah. Like Allie Raisman's floor routine last night. I mean, that shit was amazing. I was just, I mean, I. What are you gonna do? That's just athleticism, man. It's it's really cool and fun to watch. 
John, the experience in, in your house has been the same with me at work too. I work with my team is probably two thirds, two thirds, of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, Pucci, uh, two thirds women and, yep. and the third men and the gender of the big sports fans that are just needing to talk about it the next morning has completely flipped around. It's stereotypical, but like mm-hmm. every morning the girls are getting together the exact same way that me and the guys get together on Monday to talk about the Vikings. And they're just, what about this? What about that? And whatever. It's been, uh, it's been pretty funny to, to, uh, to witness. But it's great. Now I can see how I how I look when I come into the office and want to start screaming about sports. Yep, and, and the answer is super cool. Totally mm-hmm. cool. The coolest. Yep. Uh, okay, let's go. My wife starts a podcast to talk gymnastics <laughs> yeah. with her friends. Yeah. That would be ideal. <laughs> oh, boy. That would be funny. Uh, last uh, lightning round thing, John. What happened in uh, NDSU football? What, what is this? Bruhaha, I was I was so happy if you if you did not see this story I was happy about it precisely because when you follow the local sports teams you start to feel like the Gophers may be the stupidest athletic department in all of college sports and so it was nice to see North Dakota State do something no um, John John just to reiterate North Dakota State alma mater Clarence Wamtown that's correct. It was Fred nice Lightning. to see North Dakota State do something far stupider than anything the Gophers have ever attempted, which was earlier this year, they sent out some new guidelines for media that basically said, if you are not paying for any sort of broadcast rights, like if you're not the radio partner, or the TV partner, or the official athletic communications staff or whatever, you basically can't cover the football team anymore. They're five-time defending FCS champions or something like that. And so they, they, they came out with these guidelines that said you can't cover press conferences live, you can't take pictures of practice, I don't know, a bunch of stuff. And, of course, all of the media outlets in town were infuriated, and they, because there's nothing more fun when you're in the media than getting indignant about organizations taking away access for other media members, it, it got blown up into a national story. And by the end of the day the president of NDSU is saying, listen, I didn't know anything about this. I'm disappointed that nobody told me we're obviously not going to do this. And the best part of the whole thing was that, of course, some random local blogger fired, filed a public records request and got some emails from the president to the athletic director and some texts from the president to the athletic director basically saying, I know exactly what you're doing. I will back you up on this. Everything's fine. You've made this decision the right way, and I've been informed the whole time. So just keep doing what you're doing there, Brownie. Love it. And <laughs> it was it's it's just amazing. It's just amazing to see this kind of bald faced lying and pure stupidity out of an athletic department that's not the Gophers. Well, I mean, now okay, in their defense, you know, oil completely crashed. Yeah. And like you know, the oil patch is just bottomed out completely. And they obviously, it's a state school. They had to make money somehow. And I mean, you got to, you know, how embarrassing is it for them to have to go to Josh Duhamel again <laughs> and ask for another loan so they can chlorine the Minot splash pads for the summer? I mean, he, he's, there's not another Transformers would be coming out anytime soon. And he doesn't got, he doesn't have the money. <laughs> so they got to come up with it some other way. 
I mean, those splash pads got to get chlorinated, man. So that's, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like Clarence isn't here to stick up for him. So it's kind of like going behind his back a little bit. But yeah. I, I, just, I understand John, like just take joy in a, a non gopher athletic department. I just know. want everyone else to be as stupid as we are. And they are. I wonder if anybody's getting away with anything anymore. In this new, whatever, digital age is a record of everything. This kid filed to get text messages, right? Is that what the story was? Emails yep. and text messages? Yep. Which like, are, if you're a university employee, they're public record. And, yeah, and why, why on earth do you think you're going to get away with anything? There's an audience for scandals. There always has been since the beginning of time. And there's an easy way to find it. And there's a bunch of people out there that are interested in covering stories like this for whatever reason, because they're a publication or because it's fun and interesting, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I just, it's amazing it's to me. Some of these old people are like, I'll just lie. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to lie and keep lying. And, and that'll be fine. It'll, it'll all be fine. No one is ever going to yeah. find this out. No one will ever know except for the electronic records of all of the communications I've sent. <laughs> Unless the they do one small thing to figure me out. But if they don't, mm-hmm. then I'm away I'm scot-free. good as gold, baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, you know, it's funny, though, that these people, but by these people, I mean old people, think they can get away with lying because it is fun to see people get found out about stuff like this. That just, I'm, I'm, I'm tickled pink, mm-hmm. which is the most level you can yeah. be tickled, I believe. It is the highest level of tickling. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yep, that's true. Um, okay, so that's, uh, that's all I got to talk about. Anything I think we else? can call it. Let's call it. No, I'm, I'm good. All right, well, good group talk. Uh, I feel a lot better, as I always Howard do. Howard didn't go this. out once. That's awesome. No, it didn't happen. Yep, that's, that's... and it turns out Stu's alive. That yeah. excited all of us. Yep, sorry about that. Unfortunately, Clarence, <laughs> yeah, kind of ruined. I'm our, not sure our, if he's alive. Yeah, I, I saw the email too. So it's yeah. you know, people. He was live. The, the uh, sportive, um, you know, the Kremlinologists of sportive uh, fandom needn't worry. He just had a normal, you know, work thing come up. So don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. Work stuff. Okay, you know, cool. We'll be... When you're when you're the top advisor to the governor of Minnesota, yeah, uh, things come up. Things come up. Yep. Yeah, it just happens. There's a special session happening, so mm-hmm. you just. You got to be careful. Yet another there's fiduciary always, subcommittee. There's always something, guys. Yeah, that's uh, that's one to grow on. All right, we'll, be, we'll we will be back next week. That's a hard one to say. Okay, bye. We will. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.